The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Good morning. Welcome to Summit Church Online, wherever you're at. I'm just thrilled that you chose to join in with us today. Uh, We're a week after Easter, and for the first time in history, (laughs) to my knowledge, uh, not one person stepped foot in a church building uh, for Easter Sunday. And that's unique, and that's kind of crazy. And I pray that as we're entering a month now in quarantine, that you are staying sane, that you are seeking opportunities to grow and better yourself. And we were supposed to actually begin today the book of Philippians. And, And I chose to actually postpone that for a few weeks. And and here's why. We are in the midst of something that I've never seen before. And I think there's a lot of felt needs out there. I think there's things that that you're wrestling with that the Bible directly addresses. And so what I want to do is take the next three weeks and do a small series called Rebuild. As a church, we typically just walk through books of the Bible. I promise you after Mother's Day, we will start the book of Philippians. We'll we'll get in and we'll we'll get going. But I I want to take just a few weeks to address some of the things that I think are going on in our world and also some opportunities that we have. And here's the premise, okay? The premise of Rebuild. Here's what it is. Paige and I bought a house 11 years ago. We did not have any kids. We bought a house that's way too big, uh, but we bought it because of the backyard. Okay, it's a beautiful backyard. It has a pool, backs up to a creek, huge trees. Just We bought it because of the backyard. The house itself is terrible. It's old, built in 1977. Uh, tons of things we don't like about it. Don't have the money to fix them. So, and I, I'm going to... I'm going to be insensitive here for just a moment. I want you to know that this is insensitive to anyone who has lost a home because I don't know what it feels like to go through that. But every time storm season comes around, every time uh, I I have these thoughts, uh, we're well insured in our home. And I think, boy, how great would it be if, if this house would just be wiped off its foundation and we got to rebuild right here on this lot? I think that all the time. We could build a smaller home, one that fits our family better. We could build a home that has a little bit taller ceilings and this and that. All these things that we can't afford to do, but I was like, if insurance was paying for it, we could rebuild however we wanted. We could start fresh. That's the idea of this series. What if in this time, when everything's turned upside down, what if this is God putting tension in your life and there is stress and there's very real tension? What if this is God giving you an opportunity to assess your current life, your current circumstance, and give you the opportunity to rebuild, to rebuild. If you have that opportunity, which I think we all do, how would you do it? Do you have a plan? And so for the next three weeks, I want to look at very practical things of how we could rebuild our lives in this season. And today, I want to look at how we might rebuild our faith and have a very real conversation about that. Next week, how we rebuild our homes, talking specifically about our family and those relationships. And then then finally, the third week, just how we can rebuild our community, not necessarily talking about our community as a whole, but our relationships with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our friends, because when we come back, it's going to look different. We have an opportunity to rebuild that. So those are the three weeks, and, and I'm excited about it. So today, rebuild your faith. Each week, though, is, is really anchored on one passage of Scripture that's found in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 comes at the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He's giving this amazing teaching on how to follow Him and how to live for Him. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, it says this, Therefore, everyone 
who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Hearing the word of God and understanding it and applying it makes you wise. The rain will come down, the streams will rise, the wind will blow and beat against that house, yet it will not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand, shifting sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The word of God, the truth of God, the wisdom of God, is a firm foundation upon which to build your life. And today I want to look at three things within Scripture that talk about your faith. Three areas where I believe our faith is most commonly tested. Because in this season, if you haven't already experienced it, one of these three areas of your life, of your faith, will be stretched. And I want to give you the truth, the biblical truth, in, in response to hope, that will give you hope to be able to walk through this season well. That, that's, the, that's the direction. That's the idea. That's what I want to do. I want to help us begin to rebuild our faith. For some of you, faith is a brand new idea. You're watching this. You haven't engaged in church ever, but you can do it now from your living room. You don't know why you're still even listening to this, but maybe something's clicking in your mind. You're going, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stick around for a few more minutes. Some of you have been walking with the Lord for your entire life, and you're going, I don't need to rebuild my faith. My faith is great. Then may this just simply be an encouragement to you, a reminder. But I think for many of us, in this season, which is absolutely a storm, some of you are going to be wiped away. Your foundation wasn't there. And, and the rains came, and unemployment came, and, and bills came, and sickness came, and, and all of a sudden you have nothing left. So you're going to have to rebuild. But for others, I, I want us to realize, while there is tension, you may not be in the storm yet. See, our world is feeling it, but some of us individually maybe are not. And so this is your alert. This is your wake-up call to assess your foundation. Because I've said many times from this stage, in the storm is not the time to lay your foundation. That is not the time to lay your foundation. But I want to encourage many of you who feel overwhelmed and so stressed while there is a storm raging outside, you may not be in it yet. So you still have time to lay a foundation of faith because there will be some testers. There's gonna be some things that come in this season and I want to address them all. The first thing that I believe tests our faith universally, universally, is our health. Your health. Right now, you walk into Walmart and everyone is wearing surgical gloves and a mask. Did you really ever think that there would be a time in Oklahoma or wherever you're watching this from where you would walk into a grocery store and everyone would be donned with surgical gear? Did you ever really think that was going to be the case? 
My wife, who has rheumatoid arthritis and therefore has a very restricted immune system, she has not left the house or the car in a month. She's being wise. She's being cautious. She's not being fearful. She's being wise. She can't get this virus. She can't get it. Her body can't fight it. How does that make you feel? Some of you are rough and tough and you don't care. No, some, but others are terrified. So how do we rebuild a foundation in Jesus and trust him for our health? Well, part of that is making sure that we understand the truth of the word. That's the firm foundation. So Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, it says this. This is a beautiful passage, one I hope you memorize or at least go back to this week. It says, praise the Lord, my soul. All of my inmost being, praise his holy name. What a worshipful declaration. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Here comes a list of the benefits of trusting in the Lord. He forgives all your sins and he heals all your diseases. I think many of us who have walked with the Lord for a while, we we trust the first part of that. Yes, the Lord forgives our sins. But right there, the next phrase, and he heals our diseases. He heals our sickness. Verse 4. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He adorns you with that. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He gives you freedom from sin, freedom from sickness and disease. He gives you strength and endurance like the days of your youth. Those are the blessings. Those are the provisions for being in the Lord. Now I know in this season, it's scary. There's a very real thing out there. There's a very real virus. But can I tell you that our God, he overcomes all disease. Be precautious. Be wise. Please. Help get rid of this pandemic as quickly as possible. Do your part for that. But don't fear. Don't fear this virus. Because God is able to heal. And when we come out of this season, there will more than likely be a time in your life where your health is tested. Where will your foundation be? Will it be on the rock? Will it be in the one who heals all disease, who forgives all sins? Will it be there or will it be in medicine? Medicine is great. I believe that God gives us medicine and wisdom, but where will your foundation be? Where will your faith be? Maybe in the midst of all this worry, God is giving you the opportunity today to begin to rebuild, rebuild a faith in him for your health. James chapter five, verses 14 and 15 says, is anyone among you sick? Some of us are. 
Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make that sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. Maybe you've heard this title, but Jesus has been called the great physician. That's actually not found in scripture. A lot of people think it is. It's not in there. Nowhere in there does Jesus call himself or is he called the great physician. But it's an idea that for many people who walk in faith and trust their health to the Lord, they believe that Jesus is the the great physician. I I believe that to be true, but, but I want you to see in here how that works. When we ask him, when we ask him to come and heal us, he moves. But did you see verse 15, the prayer offered in faith? Okay, the prayer offered in faith is what will ultimately raise the person. Even when our sickness is not healed, those who have faith will be raised. Maybe not in this life, but they will walk perfectly whole with him. And that may not be the encouragement that you want to hear in this season as you're battling sickness and disease. This may not be the easiest thing to hear in the future if you're battling sickness and disease. But I can tell you this, since this life is just a vapor, just a mist, that that is a truth, that faith in Jesus, a firm foundation in him, will always cause the sick to rise. There's hope there, church. There's hope. In Mark chapter five, there's a story of a woman who for 12 years had been going to doctors because she had an issue with blood. We we won't go into what that was, but for 12 years, she'd gone to doctors, spent all of her money, nothing had happened. She heard that Jesus was coming to town and she ran to him. She ran to him and she believed that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, if she could just touch that, she would be healed. She pushes through the crowd. She dives out. She grabs the very bottom of Jesus' robe. And Jesus stops in the middle of this mayhem and goes, wait, something just happened. I felt power leave me. And, and he asks his disciples, who just touched me? And they go, what are you talking about? A hundred people just touched you. You're in the middle of a mob. And he goes, no, 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 some, something big just happened. And he looks down at this woman and he goes, oh, daughter, you're healed. Because she placed her faith and her foundation for her health in the great physician. In life, your health will be tested. I pray that you have a firm foundation in Jesus for your health. And if you don't, maybe now's the time, maybe now's the season where you can rebuild that. The second thing, maybe even more common than our health that will test our faith is our finances. Our our finances will test our faith. Now, in this season, I hear every day, literally I'm hearing every day of people that are losing their jobs. It breaks my heart. I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. I can say I'm sorry, but that, that's a real reality. Even when we're not facing a coronavirus, your finances, I believe, probably cause you more stress than just about anything else in your life. How do we lay a firm foundation of faith with our finances. You're not going to like my answer, but it's biblical, so I'll just throw it out there anyway. Here's how you lay a firm foundation of faith for your finances. You tithe. Oh, Todd, I'm going to have to turn this off. You're going to talk about giving now? Yes, but for this reason, I believe it will radically transform your life. Not because the church needs it, 
I watched dozens of Easter services this past weekend where every single one of them talked about how the church needs you to be more generous now than ever. And every time I heard them say that, all I could think in my mind was, oh, the church is going broke. They need your money. All I could think, and that's me, and maybe that's you. Can I just assure you that Summit Church, because of Jay Stokes, our executive pastor, is in a very, very strong financial position. Because of your generosity, we're in a very strong financial position. But in this season, your finances are going to be a huge stressor for many, for many. And can I tell you how you respond in faith? To show God that you believe that he is actually Lord over your resources, you give the first 10% of your resources back to him. That's how you do it. It's an act of faith. Is it an Old Testament principle? Yes. Does it apply today? Yes. What you're saying by giving 10% back to God, the first 10% is you're saying, God, I believe that you can do more with 90 to bless me than I could do with 100. That's what you're saying. You can do more with 90% than I could do with 100%. And I'm gonna trust you for that. Malachi chapter three, verses eight through 10 is, is where we see this. Will a mere mortal be able to rob God? You rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you, God? You're not giving your tithes and offerings. You're under a curse. The whole nation of Israel is because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then God says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Test me. Hey, for some of you, you're going, Todd, I don't have any money coming in. I'm sorry. But for those of us who have anything coming in, God says, test me. Give me the first 10% and see if I will not pour out upon you blessings like you've never seen before. I will open up the floodgates of heaven and bless you. I've seen it in my life. If you jump on our social media later this week, you'll see testimonies of people who they've seen it in theirs. Now, here's what's interesting. As I'm sitting here today filming this, I got my stimulus check today. Bank account looks good. Bunch of money in there that I didn't do anything to earn. The first thing that Paige did was tithe. She went on her push pay app and she gave $390 to Summit Church. But who did she really give that to? To God. Why? Because it's his. And he says, trust me that I can do more with the 90% than you ever could with the 100. Trust me. You may not have anything coming in right now, but in the next few weeks or months, you'll get that stimulus check. I just challenge every person who's listening today to trust God, to test him in it. He says, test me, test him. Give 10% of that check to God. Now, do you have to give it to Summit? No, and in fact, if you think I'm being manipulative right now, then give it somewhere else, but give it to God and see what he does. Todd, how does that help me with my finances right now? How, how does that help me right now? 
the math in God's kingdom is not the same math that we live by. I can't tell you how God will do it, but I can tell you that he will. Because he says, test me. If you will trust God with the first 10% of your resources, of your finances, he will take care of the rest. Maybe this is a season where you get to rebuild your faith in regards to money, your finances. And the last area that we will be tested continuously throughout our life is with our future. What about tomorrow, Todd? Can you tell me what it's going to look like in a month from now? No, I can't tell you what it's going to look like tomorrow. But many of us, we sit and we worry about tomorrow. We worry about what will come, when in reality, we have no control over it. Daily, I'm hearing, when will this end? What will it look like when it ends? How can I make it another six weeks homeschooling my kids? Anyone there? I'm working from home. I'm having to go to work. I don't want to be. No one's hiring. Todd, I had a little bit saved, but I got enough for a few more weeks. Then I'm done. What will happen then? Those are real thoughts. And church, it is really, 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 really heavy. And for those of you who are feeling the immense weight of this reality, who are so worried about tomorrow, can I tell you encouraging words from Jesus' mouth in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. He says this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Some of you are going, amen. Yes. Yes. Each day seems like it has more trouble than the next. I am terrified of tomorrow. But yet Jesus says, don't worry about it. Tomorrow will worry about itself. But did you see what verse 34 started with? It started with a therefore. So what is the therefore, therefore? We got to go back to verse 33 to pick that up. And I, I've, I, I quoted this a few weeks ago, but Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What things? What is he talking about? If you go back up through verse 25, and once again, this is Psalm 103 and Matthew chapter 6. These are, these are passages I hope you go back to this week. But if you go back up to verse 25 and read through, God is saying that he will provide your food your clothing, and your shelter. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be given to you. Put God first. Rebuild your faith. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. And who is the Lord of tomorrow? The same one that is Lord of today. It is God and he's got you in this season. He's got you. Now, your reality may look a little different. 
It may not be as flashy and as beautiful as you want it to be, but he will not leave you forsaken. He will feed you and clothe you and provide shelter for you. That is a promise from him to you for those who choose by faith to put him first. And maybe you're exploring this for the first time. You're going, this doesn't feel like the encouraging message you promised me at the beginning. And I just want to tell you that actually church, this is in this season of tension and stress and storm, some will be wiped away. But those who build on a firm foundation, they will weather the storm. And while the storm may be raging outside, this is your opportunity, church, to build or rebuild your foundation in Him. To trust God with your health, with your finances, with your future. He's the only one who can overcome this world. Even with the best health, the best finances, and the rosiest looking tomorrow, you can't conquer this thing. But God can. And he is the one in whom you should put your faith. I want to leave you today with James chapter 1. Verses two through four. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, and oh, how we are in a trial. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance, sticking it through, let it finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. As we rebuild, or some of you for the first time, build your faith. Know that God has a plan for this trial. And that is to mature you and to leave you lacking nothing. I pray that today, church, you will take the challenge to look at the circumstances around you, to look at the storm that may be raging in your life or just outside of your life and choose today to begin to rebuild a foundation or build for the first time a foundation in a rock that will allow you to weather any storm. Father, help us to trust you, to delight in you, to follow you, to know that you are the foundation upon which we can build our lives. Help us place our full faith in you May we trust you, Jesus, for our health. And for those who are sick, Lord, I pray healing over them. May we trust you with our finances, Lord. And for those who are lacking, Lord, I pray you enable the church to meet those needs. And for our future, may we just live today faithful and obedient, trusting you for tomorrow. God, it's not easy to do, but in you we have all we need. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.